Hello, welcome to the Spirit of 2016 podcast. My name's Andy Bell and I'm joined again by Luke Neblock. Luke, how are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Looking forward to seeing some more Northern Ireland, of course, and it's been a while actually, so buzzing to get back into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Three months since we last did yeah. the last one. Absolutely. Um, still recovering from it, I think, because <laughs> it was some result uh, against Belarus at Windsor. Um, personally, I've, I, I, as you'll probably hear again, my voice is quite croaky. Uh, it was after Belarus as well. Uh, just spent a weekend in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Singing, yeah. shouting, screaming for three days straight, no sleep. Yeah, so, uh, bit of a recurring yeah. theme going on there. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe on the third podcast, I'll finally get this yeah. right and uh, I'm finally sort out my voice and <laughs> make this listenable for people. But again, you'll sound a lot better than me here. So, well, well mate, Sharon's Karen, all that. Absolutely. Um, just want to say before we get started. Recently, like obviously, the first two podcasts were only on SoundCloud. Uh, recently, we've actually managed to get it on iTunes and Spotify as well, um, which was a big thing because that's, great, that's, yeah. the, that's, the main, that's the main place where people listen to their podcasts and consume this stuff. So uh, <clears throat> if you're listening to this on SoundCloud and it will be easier for you on iTunes and Spotify, it's quite easy. Just type in Spirit of 2016 podcast. Um, it, you may have to do a wee bit of, stro- uh, of scrolling just because it's a new one and doesn't have like the, the same al- analytics as other other podcasts in Northern Ireland, not necessarily football ones or sport ones, but yeah. uh, it's quite obvious. We've, you know, it's a, it's a green background, green image, um, and it'll be obvious when you type it in. Um, and obviously, if you if you need any if you need any help with that, um, just just give me a message on the on the page web, on the Facebook page or at the Twitter or whatever, uh, and I'll be happy to sort of sort that out. Sounds good. So, uh, well, you're going to be previewing Estonia and Belarus in this one. Yes. Um, so, two away games. Uh, how, how are you feeling? Are you confident? Well, I think, you know, you have to be confident after two wins, obviously. I mean, that's exactly what we need to do at Windsor. Obviously, we left it late there, you know, in the Belarus one. But I think at the end of the day, six points. We just need to get these next six points now. Um, Obviously, I mean, generally speaking, our waveform can be quite ropey. But we've tended to get the job done anyway, even if we leave it late. Like, you look in in World Cup qualifying before. I mean, we've seen Azerbaijan and everything. We've, Mm -hmm. We've seen those games. It's gone really late. Um, but at the end of the day, I still have confidence we can get the result out there just because we're showing those signs early in the group that we can get these 12 points over the line. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you feel about it? Are you confident, obviously? it's Yeah, I mean, in terms of the fact that we, we saw these two teams come to, come to Windsor, uh, we were clearly a class apart above them both. But as we know, you know, football's not just about man for man, who is the better team, who is the better squad, uh, even who plays better on the night. You know, a lot of it comes down to luck. A lot of it comes down to moments as well. Um, my concern is that these two teams, as they did at Windsor, will sort of come in, park the bus, two banks of four or a, a five-four-one, as we saw Estonia yeah. play. Um, I'm just a, a bit concerned because, as you say, I think you make a good point there about the away form. I mean, you look back, uh, Azerbaijan poor performance, one-nil uh, last-minute winner, San Marino the three-nil, but for seventy minutes against what the worst-ranked nation yeah. in the world. We frustrating one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we, we, we couldn't break them down. Obviously, we were at the game watching. <laughs> yeah, we're going to come to a game and see a straw with San Marino. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was very, very worried. Yeah. I did not want to spend that much money. To I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, when you're when you're on on the way day, it doesn't. It uh, doesn't matter. You know, yeah, you're, exactly, you're having a good, yeah. good crack anyway. And the atmosphere was great, obviously that day as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Norway as well. We lost out there. Even even going back to the sort of Euro 2016 campaign, we uh, you know we we struggled out in the Faroes. We uh, we got good results against Hungary and Greece, but generally. Uh, I think we've been questionable there. I think we've got away with it a little bit away from home. Yeah. And, you know, people might be listening to this and say, you know, well, we've, we've got the result in the end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's all that matters is yeah. three points. And, and while that is true, I just feel like the way we sometimes play away from home, I think at some point we're bound to get caught out. And, you know, um, it's not really our fault, but we, we can't afford 
to be caught out in one of these ones. We can't afford to drop points to it lose a game. Be, has to be max points. We, ha- we have we have to we we have to go and get get maximum points yeah. from these against these weaker nations. Um, I think personally, like defensively, I feel like we're sound. It's yeah. just like even there's even spells of play when we've looked good. Like I remember that Austria game as well. I mean that was, we played well that yeah. that day. Uh, nation, nation, nation's nation's league, league. Yeah. yeah, of course. And like to me, we're sound enough defensively. It's just about getting over the line and getting scoring those goals. And it has been about that for many years yeah. for us. That, let's be real. Mm-hmm. But I think I I do have a feeling. You know that we'll be okay in these two. I'm quietly confident, but we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, spot on. I mean, I, th- I think we are very good defensively, and as you, as you saw in the in the last qualifying campaign, you know, s- there were seven out of ten qualifying matches we kept clean sheets in. It's fantastic and start, yeah. Two two of the ones we didn't was Germany home and away, yeah, and the other one was Norway when we were already pretty much yeah, guaranteed our, our playoff or whatever. So, my, my I mean, my only concern is you know you can be as good defensively as you want, and Igor Stasevich can take a shot from the edge yeah. of the box it can bounce off <laughs> Dallas and loop in and there's nothing you can do about that and then in that situation you find yourself needing two goals yeah. away from home in, in international football especially a, a, a nation so far away can That's be very difficult I mean let's, let's just talk about like M- Michael's approach do you think because I think there's well, you may disagree but for me there's like a, a clear disparity between what, how we play at home how we approach the matches at home compared to how we do away so like a, a, at home you know, we against these certainly against these lesser nations, and even against nations like of a similar level to ourselves. I think we always control the game. We're always front you know, foot. have fifty five, sixty percent possession, yeah. front foot exactly, and we always create chances. Yeah, and you know, as a result, our home form has been has been very good. Certainly under Michael O'Neill. Do you feel like away from home we can sort of be a bit too conservative? I mean, Michael certainly can be quite sort of. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe conservative with a small C away from home. Yeah, you know we can. Uh, he, he, I think a lot of the time we we sort of sit in and try and play on the break, which is fair enough because we've got quick players. But mm-hmm. do, do you feel like in these in these games, you know, because we are so much better than them, that we should be looking just to play as if it's a game at Windsor Park? Well, I think there's definitely an argument for that that you kind of you go for that real pacey attack and you kind of just go at these teams because at mm-hmm. the end of the day we're better than them and yeah. we should really believe that. But I think it just goes back to like Michael. I think Michael for me is just a classic tactical manager. I think like he does have his set in stone approach, and I don't think he'll ever really stray too far away from that. To be honest with you, no. to me, like he's a manager that will stick by what he does because mm-hmm. what he's done so far has been, all you know, even though it's been close away from home at times. He still got us the results, man, and he still he still got us to a place that we never thought we'd get to as Northern Ireland fans. Spot on. And obviously the away approach, you do watch it sometimes thinking, oh, I just wish we'd go out this side a bit more and not have to, you know, really be reliant on the counter too much and and just maybe quicken up the pace in midfield and things like that. But I do think naturally this midfield we have at the minute, I think we go, we'll go to these games, and you might be surprised we actually might really liven up the pace a little bit, um, and not necessarily change our entire approach, but just get the ball in the final third a bit quicker. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a radical change of approach. Just don't be sleeping on the ball too much because that's what they'll want. At the end of the day, they're yeah. relying on us doing that. Exactly. If we hit them quickly, like we could, we, we'll obviously talk later about the lineup, but we we're talking like about Paul Smith, for example. Yeah. You know, if you play someone like that to run at these guys, they'll be really struggling and they'll be knackered mm-hmm. after, you know, 70 minutes. Like they'll be, they'll be absolutely gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. We, I mean, we will come on to talk about the lineup and the fact that, you know, pace, if we, if we play pace, that will push them back. That will, I think we uh, have to, yeah. yeah. That will enable us to have more space in midfield. Yeah more control over the game. I mean, as you were saying, the midfield we have at the minute, Davis, Saville and, Nor- uh, Davis, Saville and McNair. Yes. Obviously, Norwood's missing for these yes, ones. We'll, we'll come on to talk about yep. that later. But they're three technically very good players. I mean, their touch, their control, their passing is very good. You know, maybe one slight criticism you might say is there's uh, maybe a slight lack of creativity. There's not that uh, sort of creative spark that mm-hmm. we 
that, that might be might be useful. But mm-hmm. uh, the, on the the contrary to that is you know you've three players who will be able to control the game. You know three players who can get their foot in the ball in midfield, really take control of it and pass the ball about and not, you know knacker out the opposition. Yeah. Um. So I mean that I think that's that's a positive, especially if we're looking to control these games more. And yeah, maybe just from what we see, you know, it can be a bit one pace sometimes in these away games. It can be a bit. You know, we we can we can struggle to get the ball forward quickly, and maybe are a bit conservative so how we play. But um, no, I I think uh, certainly this midfield, we we've got the players to play however we want, and one hundred percent. Yeah, I trust I trust Michael to certainly in preparation mm-hmm. for the game, but also his in game management to to get us over no, the line. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've we're we're just I think both of us are just big fans of this midfield. To be honest with you, <laughs> you're always on like George Savile watch and Patty McNair <laughs> watch, and you're always updating me. I'll give it to you on that yeah. one. You know, because these guys. I just love watching them play, but I think they they really can be great for us, especially in the years to come as well with with Patty and George, you know. Yeah, exactly. um, but yeah, we'll just we'll have to see. I think we you might be pleasantly surprised actually by how we kind of approach these games. Let's hope so anyway. Yeah. Okay, well, well, that's that's us. What what about uh, Estonia and Belarus in, in terms of the opposition? I mean, let's be honest, neither of us are are experts in Estonian or Belarusian football, no. but uh, I think. Well, certainly for me, I'll, maybe I'll go first in this, was from what we saw from the games at Windsor Park, which is really all we have to go off, yeah. uh, is that Belarus are a better side than Estonia, regardless of how they were seeded. So, like, I would say, from what I from what I saw from the Estonia game, okay, I mean, they did contain us for, like, six, what was it, 60, 60, or no, 50, 55 minutes, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. but, um, for, you know, from what I saw, they, they didn't really have too much of an identity apart from... You know, we'll sit in and we'll we'll hope for the best and hope for a bit of luck. And mm-hmm. okay, in some games, you know, maybe one in every ten, you will get that mm-hmm. piece of luck. But Estonia, like, just sort of looked looked dumb. You know, I was going to say dumb as a nation there. Like, no. <laughs> that's a bit harsh. So just get the, the GDP <laughs> figures out here on employment rate. No, uh, don't like dumb as as a football nation. Certainly from like 2012 when they had that great campaign in our group and got themselves into the playoffs. Whereas. Belarus for me really looked like a team who knew what they were about. You know, yeah, they, I saw okay. a bit of a counter attack inside there. Yeah, they, I did. They, they, they knew they knew us. they knew they were uh, they knew they're limited side. They know they don't have eleven superstars or you know you know anyone of even like one player who's you know you, you play some of these nations and we'll talk about like the Romanian Messi and all this. You, yeah, you read stuff about really. Belarus. There's not really somebody no. like that. But I mean, they are a defensive side. They yep. they know their they know their limitations. But also, you know, there was definitely a plan for how to hit us on the counter and yes. how to score goals and okay their goal was lucky against us but you know they did create a few chances they have you know yeah. that big number nine caused us a few problems i mean yeah. I, th- I think we dealt with them quite well yeah but, we were generally you know, there's definitely a threat there with belarus so I, I mean are you very confident we'll beat estonia and a bit more cautious about belarus or, or what do you think well, how do you see the opposition i'm fairly balanced on both of them i do think like like you said i thought belarus definitely offered more mm-hmm. but i i feel like at home I don't know how much better they'll be at home personally for both sides to be honest with you I mean it's just really more on by us than them I think but at the end of the day I think Belarus maybe offered a bit more of a press you know there was less time in midfield for yeah, us to kind of definitely. dictate things yeah. you know for like a Davis I'm not saying Davis was quiet mm-hmm. but th- like naturally in the Estonia game you just saw us I mean mm-hmm. we dictated everything in that game let's be honest we never really felt like we were in too much danger Belarus I, I just think to myself you know we were at the game obviously I was thinking to myself you know, these guys could hit us on the break and there is less time in midfield. You can clearly see it. Yeah. But I still think away from home, you can get in behind them with pace. And that's what, what we said about earlier. And I think that's how we're going to find joy against these guys away from home. So I'm not, honestly, I'm not thinking about this game thinking, oh, we're definitely going to drop, you know, two points somewhere here. I, I am confident mm-hmm. myself, you know, yeah. so I think we'll be okay away from home. I really do. I think we mentioned it on the, on the last podcast we did. Um, 
in the sense that uh, with uh, Estonia and Belarus, with the, as we just said, they're, they're, they're defensive sides. They play five four one or two banks of four. If they, if at home they do feel they have to come out, I mean, I, th- I almost think that suits us more, and we should be taking advantage of that because, you know, if if you if you see like a side like that come out at Windsor, you just think we'll pick them apart, we'll win two or three nil. So, I mean, I know there is is a difference in playing away and the atmosphere, the climate, even you know, just sort of being tired from traveling and stuff like that. But um, for me, if, if 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 Belarus, for example, want to come out and entertain their home fans i mean that should be good for us that we should, we should be us. we should look to be you know really hit them with a sucker punch there yeah. and, and get the win because i mean I, personally i would rather they did that than sat in because we know the, the problems we have up front we'll, we'll go on to talk about them later and the fact that we can struggle to score goals but you know if they come out and open up spaces and there's space in midfield and there's space in behind for like a, a paul smith or a, a white or somebody that should be joy for us yeah that that, that should be and we you know we should be, we have the players to expose that whereas mm. sometimes when they're when they're sat in and, and it's all very defensive that can be hard to break down it can be hard to create the chance you, sometimes you don't even get that many chances so i think um with estonia i think Maybe it's not. Uh, maybe it's not massively important, but they don't have a massive home crowd. Um, I, I think we'll take more over yeah, there. I mean, certainly. I know we've we've sold out our allocation. Uh, I think we're looking for more tickets because there's plenty of like tickless Northern Ireland oh, fans yeah. going over there. So worst comes to the worst, they'll be in the home end, and essentially that will be like a home game for us now. I know they've got the pitch. They know the pitch well. They're used to playing in whatever climate it is. I'm not sure how hot it is over there. I'm sure it's pretty hot in the middle or the east Eastern Europe in the summer, but. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the fact we'll we'll have the crowd behind us, you know, we can we can really we can really get our foot in the ball in that game yeah, and, I'm and take them on as if it's one. Windsor. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Exactly. For me, Estonia, we should we should beat them. I mean, yeah. there is always a nervousness because it is an away game. Yeah, I'm more worried about Belarus. I feel like I'm, I mean, not entirely clued up on how many supporters they get or whatever, but I feel like they'll make it a bit more of a hostile atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know certainly for like some Northern Ireland fans, it's, it's quite difficult to get over there. I mean, unless you fly directly into Belarus, you have to. Be, acquire a visa and also i'm sure that will seem like more of an away game than estonia will and coupled with that they're you know as we've just mentioned belarus Belarus are a better side so well uh, one other one other thing that might another factor that might affect the game is the fact that germany play belarus on the thursday before uh before we play them or sorry germany play belarus on the saturday yeah before we play them on the tuesday tuesday so how, like, how, how do you think that'll pan out? I mean, chasing uh, Tony Chris for 90 minutes yeah, surely I mean, can't be mentally me or physically good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think they could be knackered. I mean, that could be a thumping. I mean, we know Germany, like, they, obviously they've had their frailties of late, but yeah. I just think with Germany, like, they beat Holland and all, I do think that these guys could go out and put four, five, six past Belarus yeah, on, on a good day for them. Mm-hmm. And you never know what that could do to Belarus. Mm-hmm. They'll be chasing the ball all game. You, you know they're not going to have anywhere near even 30% possession. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Germany are going to probably have 80% of the ball. Mm-hmm. So for me, that that's almost a per- it's almost like the stars aligned again, as if w- w- they weren't aligned enough getting these first four fixtures. Exactly. I do think Germany playing Belarus before we play them is going to be a, a huge factor in that one, and they could be knackered. But even if they weren't, uh, the, here's the thing with Belarus, and I know you're a little bit worried about the game, but mm. for me, like the way Michael's setting up, with when I'm watching this, I'm just seeing so many overlaps so much pace like you're, you're seeing Lewis and you're seeing Dallas just bombing it up overlapping past our wingers that is so refreshing to see and I think away from home in Belarus just don't be afraid to do that as a fullback Absolutely. I think the fullbacks are going to be key in Belarus and that's why I'm looking at Lewis I'm looking at maybe Dallas if he plays there we'll talk about that later but just don't be afraid to bomb up the pitch mm-hmm. you know just look at what players like Andy Robertson 
yeah. and Trent Alexander-Arnold do for Liverpool. You know, I don't want to obviously talk too much about club football, but no, it, I do fullbacks, know. I know, of course you do. <laughs> fullbacks just change the game. Yeah. And that's why it's really refreshing to watch Northern Ireland at the minute. So much of it is the fullback thing for me. Yeah. So I'll be looking at those two in Belarus. Yeah, absolutely know. spot on. Just just another point I would I would make on, on the fact that Germany play them is that, you know, Belarus don't have uh, a, a massive pool of, of good players or even... You know, there'll be, there'll be, I'd say in their 23-man squad, there'll be a good few players who just aren't good enough to play at that level um, and would never be considered for the lineup. So what the point I'm making there is Belarus can't, you know, make three or four changes after Germany for us and, um, and you know, still, and still be at the same level. So, you know, what they could do is they could basically say, you know what, well, we're not going to beat Germany. We're going to rest a few of our big players there and, uh, and you know, p- bring them on against Northern Ireland. But I'd say what's more likely is they'll, they'll play the full team and they'll, either make four changes four or five changes and they'll the standard won't be the same or they'll play the same team and they'll be knackered and then if, if they're knackered this is just more important for us to like control the game get in the ball Absolutely. make sure they're chasing the ball as much as possible because you know y- you can play an adrenaline for a while but y- you know you can't press for for 90 minutes no. you, there, there are times where you have to sit in times you have to conserve your energy and i think that, that you know that law massively work in our favor Another thing is, and I mean, I'm sure there's pretty much no doubt in our minds, and obviously football is unpredictable, but that Germany will get the six points. But if you're uh, Joachim Löw, he's still there, isn't he? Yeah? Yes. If, if you're Joachim Löw looking at that, you're probably looking at Belarus. I mean, uh, Belarus, they uh, they played a match recently, like last qualifying campaign against France at home. They drew with them. You know, if they're they're probably looking at those two games thinking, right, we're, we're pretty much going to win both. But if there's one we absolutely need, need to make sure we win, it's Belarus because, yeah. as we've mentioned, they're, they're a better team. It's going to be more hostile. So maybe you can have a look at that and say to them, you know what, we'll just make sure we get the job done against Belarus and then against Estonia where... I mean, I would eat my hat if they even <laughs> score against them. I'd like, absolutely s- gobsmacked. Yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, like if anything happens there. So, I, like, I would say, I would say he'll target Belarus as the one where he wants to get the job done. So, I mean, yeah, as you say, star- stars have aligned in those sense, and even even though mi- those minor things, you know, especially in international football where it can be tight, I think that should hopefully work in our favour, and that that all gives me a bit of confidence more than our away our sort of negative o- away performances Definitely. not necessarily form do okay so that's it that's estonia and belarus now let's talk about uh the squads the squad was released uh on on tuesday um not a massive not no massive surprises not incredibly I would say. shocking no yeah um so with without sort of further ado we'll talk about uh there, there are two players in there who have recently got promoted uh into the premier league from the championship this season we were talking uh, about the fact that uh, you know Lewis Norwood Dallas Peacock Farrell Saville McNair were all sort of in the hunt, yep. either for automatically uh, automatic promotion or the playoffs. I want to first talk about uh, Ollie Norwood because he's a player, uh, famously he's a he's a pub quiz. He's going to be a, an answer in pub quizzes for years to come <laughs> because he's like the only player who's got promoted three years in a row from the championship. It's yeah, horrible luck, yeah. you know, and he's just kept getting sold down. Now. I'm not like mass a massive massive Norwood fan. I think you know he ha- he can have his good days, his bad days. There's times where you don't really see him in the midfield. Yeah. Even his delivery can be can be quite poor, considering that's something he's known for. But I always did think, and this is as somebody you know, we don't watch the championship every week. We no. don't you know, Brighton and Fulham fans would be able to tell you better than us why maybe he they were right to sell him before coming up to the Premier League, but. I mean, there are some players like, uh, I mean, Dwight Gale, uh, Jordan Rhodes, who are just championship players, but that's because they've been given the chance in the Premier League and shown they can't do it. Surely if Ollie Norwood is good to start in a, a promotion-winning side three years in a row, he at least deserves a chance in the Premier League 
even just to show that he's not good enough. He at least deserves half a season. What do you think? think? I mean, I, I would definitely agree with that. It's only fair, I think, to give someone like that a chance. I think if Sheffield United, for me, obviously I'm not a huge Blades guy or anything like yeah. that, but to me, the, the thing for them that they'll be struggling with in Premier League is, is, is scoring the goals. So I think they might be looking to sign, you know, maybe some, some goal scorers there. They might look for something like that. Um, personally, for me, I don't see why he gets rid of someone like Ollie Norwood who can, you know, he can create those goals for you. I mean, he's done it for us in big games before. We're not trying to say that this guy, you know, this guy can be really effective on his day. Do you know what I mean? And like joining you on that one, I'm not the biggest old Norwood fan. I don't, I don't think that to me like he should he's be like the first name in the team sheet kind of player. But he can definitely do something, I think, for Sheffield United in the Premier League. I don't see why you would you would feel the need to kind of drop him down again. And I, just for Ollie's sake, you know, I really want to see this guy in the Prem, you know. Yeah. They've had such a great season. You know, they've been so solid at the back as well. I, I would really like to see him do well. And in I, the Premier I, League. I think I think they are going to keep him first of all because he was named in the Championship team of the season. So you have to think about that. Yeah, their their supporters love him. He, he he's got some recognition from the people who pick, who picked that team, as well as Jamal Lewis. So I mean, it would be pretty shocking if he was if he was sold now. And I think you know, just listening to it's Chris Parks, I think, the manager down there. You know, he talks very highly of him. Their fans talk very highly of him. It's great to hear from us. Yeah, he, he's twenty eight years old. So maybe maybe you know he is just before this season. Like somebody's just got into his head and said, you know, like you're at an age now where you, where you have to really kick on. You know, if you want to make something of your career. Say make something of your career. He's you know yeah, he's, he's done some he's, he's done, he's done yeah, some incredible things. Fair. But um, if you if you want to become a Premier League player and establish yourself, and you know there's no reason why not. People people do think that if you're go, you know, for potential to develop, you have to be like 21, 22, uh, and like be on that sort of exponential curve. But it doesn't like work like that for everyone. You look at to, like on a much bigger case, you know, Jamie Vardy was what twenty six when he got the move from Leicester or from Fleetwood, Fleetwood. to Leicester. Yeah. It took him another couple of seasons to uh, yeah. before he had that big season. So you know, Jimmy Vardy was twenty seven, twenty eight before yeah. he was even recognised as a good Premier League yeah. striker. Never mind of, somebody who yeah. win them the league. It was so. a bit of a breakout game for him against United, actually. Yeah. And so like, there's nothing to say that Norwood can't do the same. Have exactly. a bit of a breakout game in his first season in the Premier League, and people will start talking about him because you know it's not like it's not like the whole world of the Premier League knows about Ollie Norwood but I would love for any player I'd love for Ollie to stamp his authority in the Premier League and actually really have a great season with Sheffield there you know and I think I think it sort of works in his favour as well because most people are expecting Sheffield United to go back down next season so they're probably going to play fairly defensively they're not going to come out and, and you know oh, score teams uh, yeah, yeah they're not going to come out toe to toe against especially against the bigger teams so somewhere that where they can get goals is, is is from set pieces is from like good deliveries into the box and and i've sort of just criticized him there for that you, the fact that he doesn't really do that as much from northern for northern ireland but obviously he has been doing it for sheffield united yeah that is a way in which they can get goals so even if maybe his general play they don't feel like that's necessarily of a top premier league standard as long as you have somebody on there i mean i think we saw it for years uh with west brom and even with northern ireland with chris brunt you know not always was his is 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 his general play absolutely brilliant. But you know when you have a corner, when you have a free kick, huge moment for for them to kind of get their goal. Exactly, like they scored so many like headed goals, didn't they? Yeah. West Brom, like th yeah. th that was such a huge percentage of their goals. His delivery was absolutely unreal, and yeah. and it, sometimes you sort of wish with players like that, you know, you could do the NFL thing of you can only bring your kicker on for the kicks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> every set piece you're allowed one guy on, he have to, has to run straight off again. But that's probably really disrespectful yeah. to him. I'm sure yeah. he's had a really good season, and he is a good footballer yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm quite excited for that. Mm -hmm. um, Jamal Lewis, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot yeah, about him in recent podcasts, yeah. so I'm not going to like talk too much about him because everyone knows what you know what we think. Yeah. But it's another Premier League player. We've we've lost Steve Davis recently. 
Johnny Evans and Cathcart are really our only two uh, at the minute. So, um, and you know, Chris Brunt obviously retiring, he went went down with West Brom anyway. So we had lost a couple of players there, just through age, and Johnny Evans and Cathcart aren't getting any younger. I mean, they're not old. They're like 28 and 30, are they maybe? Or maybe slightly older yeah, than that. Yeah, around that, yeah. It's just important that we have as many players pre- playing the Premier League as possible because just on a basic point, you know, if you're playing week in, week out against better opposition, against better players, you're going to become a better player yourself. 100%. And Jamal Lewis at 21, is he 21 years old? About 21, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at that age, he can, you know, he can really develop. And if he's playing week in, week out, <coughs> excuse me, against uh, against better players, he, you know, the, the sky's the limit for that guy. Yeah, no, I think so. I think you'll ask Norwich fans and certainly <coughs> from some of the stuff I've watched and just seen from highlights, I mean, fullbacks are such a huge part of their play. Obviously, Timu Puki has been so clinical for them. This guy scored so many goals, but uh, I think it's Max Ahrens, Max is Ahrens, it? Yeah. At right back for He's them. Really good. And then Jamal Lewis. Those two fullbacks have been the two best fullbacks in the championship, full stop. There's yeah. no denying that. Mm-hmm. So Norwich, a huge part of their play is fullbacks. I would absolutely love next season to see, and I'm sure I actually will mm-hmm. see a lot of great fullback play from <coughs> from North City, and and Jamal Lewis will be so heavily involved with that. So I'd love to see him up and down the pitch in the Premier League, you know. And I'm absolutely for that. Yeah, absolutely. Buzzing. And I mean, we were we were saying, you know, for for years, we in the last podcast we've watched fullbacks like like Ryan McGivern, and like people even you know Conor McLaughlin, who doesn't necessarily get forward as every opportunity, and especially especially in games like this. I mean, we we have seen Jamal Lewis get caught out a couple of times from Northern Ireland, mainly through nerves, but also because. He is an attacking fullback. He's always yeah. looking to get forward and maybe doesn't always look the other way. But yeah. in these games, you know, we need our fullbacks to be outlets. You know, yeah. again, against these sort of sm- smaller nations, we will be we will need our fullbacks to, to offer us an outlet. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. No, no, I definitely agree with that. I think for for us, you know, we've been so used to seeing that limited fullback. Like he's a classic modern fullback. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's really refreshing to see Jamal Lewis up and down the pitch because we have just not seen that as Northern Ireland fans for so long. Like I'm so fed up with limited fullbacks because the modern game is a, so much about fullbacks getting them down the pitch, and I think we'll be, I'm so excited to see him in the prem. You know, so I'm looking forward to no, that. No, absolutely. Um, two 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 new Premier League players, two players who were too good for the championship. They were in the championship team of the season, and now we've got two two new Premier League players ourselves. So that can only be a positive. Absolutely. Um, in terms of like surprising the squad, not necessarily surprised because we know. Michael isn't his biggest fan anyway, but Will Griggs being left out, um, what do you think of that? I mean, obviously he, he, <coughs> all our strikers have their limitations. Everyone offers something different. He is he is somebody who, when the chance falls to him, he he will take it, and yeah. that you know that is important. But in international football, especially when you're playing the one up front, which Michael likes to play, yeah. you have to offer more than that. And off the ball, he doesn't offer enough. He doesn't. Yeah, it's it's one of those funny enigmas because he has been clinical for his clubs and it's like we've always been thinking we just need a clinical striker and he's putting a lot of goals in like for Wigan and all and, and, and teams like this and and obviously with Sunderland, Sunderland isn't it? Yeah. yeah so I mean it's surprising but at the same time it's not because we've, we've seen in the past Michael's just not a fan of this guy yeah. I don't think he really suits the system for Michael and so for me I'm not surprised I think that's one of those ones in the squad that you look at and you'll be like oh well Greg's not in the squad but mm. it's not a huge shock you realise at that point he's never really backed yeah. Will Greg and I think you know, I'm not really that concerned about that myself, personally. I know. probably would have had him in the squad. Um, I think Lafferty, McGuinness and Boyce are all quite similar players in that they can hold the ball up quite well. Um, they're sort of big guys. They don't offer you really the pace in behind. So I think there is there is always room, especially with our striker problems, just to have a bit of variation there. So like maybe one or two Lafferty and McGuinness, who are that type of player. One Paul Smith, who's just absolutely rapid and get in behind. Yeah. 
and then a Will Grigg who you can bring on if you know you, you've pushed the team you know, ten yards back, for example, and there are there is going to be chances falling in yeah. the box. I think the best example of it was <clears throat> when we played in the Nations League uh, against Bosnia, and uh, we were two 0 down, and we brought him on last ten minutes, and Bosnia had dropped back ten yards, so we we're really just trying to hold on to it, mm-hmm. and we got a couple of chances, and he took one, and he was like an inch away from getting us the draw, and everyone's saying this guy, you know, has to be the man now. This guy has to has to, has to start up front for us. He's um, he, he's a finisher. He's the best finisher in our squad, and I think he probably is. <coughs> I think I think he probably is the best finisher in our squad, but then he played up front in the match we were at against Israel in the friendly and he pretty much offered nothing didn't yeah, he yeah it was a that was a funny watch wasn't it i yeah. mean yeah I, I just think it harkens back <laughs> to that point i said about the system I, it, to me like michael's a tactical manager he'll know the players that fit the system and to me him not being in the squad is just all the evidence you need that this yeah. guy doesn't back him in his system so simple as that i think right? i think michael got a bit annoyed by the whole euro 2016 song thing i mean never no, there was no cla- <laughs> there was never a clamor for this guy to be in the team <laughs> before that song and in the end, I, th- I think there was probably a bit, of, and I don't know this, so, you know, sorry if this is wrong, I think there was a bit of pressure on Michael O'Neill, maybe put on even, maybe maybe by the AFA, maybe by the IFA, maybe not, but definitely from fans, you know, you think of the amount of merchandise we, we, we sold. I know. Of the, that stupid Will Griggs and Fire Chant, you know. <laughs> Liam Boyce had a better season than him. Yeah. He can make, he can, he can feel hard done by. Um, and you know the amount of people, the amount of like journalists from other countries, you know, who were interviewing Michael O'Neill after the game, saying, "You know, why didn't you pick Will Gregg?" And he, you know, you just tell, tell he's really irritated I by know, it. He was just like, was "I don't like pick my team on a yeah. on a song." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So he was probably inundated, yeah, with stuff about that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I understandably so. I mean, I do think it does. Like, obviously, that might play a little bit into his thinking, but I do think it is a tactical decision more than no, anything else. So I don't on. think there's any real, there's no bad blood that we know of at all between them two. Yeah. So for me, it's 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 just a tactical thing, oh. and that's fair enough. I trust Michael on that one, you know. Absolutely. No McGinn injury. That's a blow. That is a bit of a blow. Yeah, I thought he looked really good actually, especially. I mean, in patches more so, but I thought he did have really good moments in, in those first two games. So yeah. it's delivery. It's it's just his crossing, it's, isn't it? It, just, yeah. it just created some chances for us. And on his left foot as well, he's yeah. just cutting in on his left foot and just whipping up all the back post. There really could have been a goal there if someone gambled a bit more. No, I mean, would you well, have more yeah, say about McGinn? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there were a couple of times like Lafferty was, was sort of caught in his heels a wee bit and just didn't look as sharp. And there were some really good deliveries put in by by, by Niall McGinn in that game. And I, you know, I think Michael likes to have the sort of inverted wingers, whereas Jordan Jones plays on the left, he's right-footed, can cut in. Uh, Nadal McGinn plays on the right, he's left-footed, can cut in yeah. and get the sort of that in-swing across. I think Michael likes that. Um, and I think, you know, he, McGinn would have definitely played because I think he did enough in those two games without being, like, outstanding. I think he did enough in those two home games to uh, to, to deserve his place in this, oh, in this team. So He would have been in my team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. spot on. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and other news in the squad, there's you've got uh, Mark Sykes makes his debut in the squad. Twenty uh, one year old from Oxford, signed from Oxford, uh, signed for Oxford uh, in January from Glenavon. Uh, another good to see in like Irish league getting some recognition. Oh, great players, to see. players getting over there and getting the opportunity because yeah. <coughs> if you look at like Gavin White, Paul Smith, even players in the past like McCauley and all, they they have been picked up. A team in England has taken a risk on them. <coughs> and in case it's just a, a team off. In Eng- yeah, a yeah. team in England's taking a risk on them, and, and it's. You know, it it has paid off. So I don't really know why why clubs don't really sort of target the Irish league and give them a chance because, I mean, they're they're part time players. Or uh, Daniel Ballard's another one who who's he's he's nineteen years old. He, he's been in the Arsenal youth teams, got himself a professional contract recently. I mean, with the likes of Sykes and Ballard, we're not gonna sit here and bluff it. We don't watch Oxford and League One. We don't watch Arsenal's youth teams. We don't know really what these players are about, but. What we can say is it's, it's good that, that Michael is sort of trying to bring through yeah, the and youth. Yeah, he's looking at the youth. Yeah. yeah. 
and that's always refreshing i think for i mean be, i mean i'd fan I, I really want us to go and look at you if you're not for me that is again like harking back to the whole modern way of football it's a great thing to be doing like not too much youth you don't never want to bring in too many young players but michael seems to be having the balance pretty perfect there of bringing just the right amount of young players in not putting them under too much pressure well, these guys won't be starting no but it's great to have them in and around the squad and it's just exciting to see players like that i mean arsenal you've set up player to me like on just reading that on paper that's that's exciting, exciting. to me yeah so absolutely. and you know i obviously have to speak to a few arsenal fans you know diehard arsenal fans about this guy but mm-hmm. it's just nice to see those names in the squad you know, knowing they're going to be getting some experience at least of, of that traveling, you know? No, absolutely. And I, th- I think it was Sir Alex Ferguson who said, you know, you, you have to give these players a chance because they might surprise you, you know? Yeah. You, have to, you have to bring them through. You have to give them their games in the first no, team. No, absolutely. You know, they, they, could, they could be overawed by it, but unless you, unless you give them that chance, you know, you're, you're never going to know. So just great to see those youth players in the team. All right, so let, let's sort of come on to the lineup now then. So, okay, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to say... I'm going to pick eight players who I think are guaranteed to start. Yes. And I'm going to ask you to pick me the other three. So yeah. I'll go Peacock Farrell. Yep. Lewis Cathcart Evans. Yep. As three of the back four. Okay. A right back. Yep. Saville, Davis, and McNair. McNair. And Jordan Jones. So I want you to pick me a right back, a right winger, or a, a winger. You can put Jones in the right and yep. choose a left winger if you want, and a striker. Okay, start so with the le- start, let's start with the right back. Let's right back. I'd I'd still play Stuart Dallas for me because I think Stuart Dallas has definitely offered enough to warrant a, a place in that team. Yeah, 100%. I think if you're going to get his dynamism, you're going to get his overlaps, you're going to get his pace. He's just, I mean, he's just been in the playoffs team, like the I think yeah, the championship playoffs yeah. team of the season. He scored obviously two goals there against Derby, wasn't it? So yeah, albeit from left back, but yeah, albeit from left back, yeah. but still the, the, the this guy's getting forward and he's actually contributing in the attack, and that's what we want to see in these games. So I'd definitely be playing Dallas there. In terms of striker, yep. um, I'd play McGuinness. Okay. But there's, I mean, it can be funny playing McGuinness from the start. Obviously, sometimes he's a good impact sub to mm-hmm. have, but I'd play McGuinness there just for a, like a bit of a presence in, mm-hmm. a, in the away games. I know you maybe have a different opinion there. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of right wing, I mean, for me, like you could play someone like a Smith there. Okay. I don't see why yeah. maybe you don't even go for both, both McGuinness and Smith there. And because Smith, he's going to give you the pace. Yeah, fair point. He's going to run at a fullback. Do you know what I mean? And, and, he, and he will, I think he could w- actually work well with Dallas you might see him come inside a bit just offer something a bit more interesting yeah. maybe on the wing obviously with McGinn being out because if McGinn had been fit he would have been my choice there mm-hmm. we would have just had the McGinn Dallas right hand side but that would probably be the three I'd go what about you so yeah I think we talked in the last podcast about, about sort of Dallas and whether whether we play him uh, we, we play him there again you know whether that's something we could do you know even going into the Holland Germany you know the, the risk you play there we're playing sort of a, a winger at right back but <clears throat> I think he's shown. I mean, he's, he's he's played at the high level for Leeds at fullback. He's trusted there, and uh, the fans seem to like him. He got a couple of goals in the playoff semi final. Um, I would keep him there. I think what Michael might do, just because, you know, our front three could be something like uh, Smith and, and Jones. I think he might put Dallas, shift him up to the wing just to have a bit more experience up mm-hmm. there. I don't think he's he's going to be overly keen on playing like three young, similar, front three players. So I think he might move Dallas up to the uh, up to right wing. I, I would personally stick with Dallas right back. I would actually go with Gavin White at right wing. Um, <clears throat> he's he's played pretty much, he's been pretty much a, a starter right the way through for Oxford this season. Uh, he scored something like nine goals, got a hat-trick recently, really came back into the team and did well for uh, down there. And, you know, they, they went from a team that was, you know, tipped pretty much by everyone for relegation in League One to a mid-table team. And, you know, the fans seem to like him there. He's, he's exciting. We've seen, you know... Uh, in Bosnia, you know, he hit, he hit the post a couple of times, missed a couple of sitters, but 
every time he sort of gets on the pitch, he gets he gets the fans. Every time he's on the ball, the, you know, the fans stand up. He, he's just something exciting. So that's something I would like to see there, just that pace, that dynamism. In terms of up front, <clears throat> I would go for Paul Smith, uh, personally. Uh, I think Michael puts a lot of emphasis on players who play uh, and players who are in form. So you look at the options we have there. We've got Lafferty, isn't playing. Connor Washington's barely kicked the ball all season. Josh McGuinness isn't. <coughs> Josh McGuinness isn't in form. Uh, he's got you know three goals in I think forty two appearances this season, and you know, there are bigger problems at Bolton than Josh McGuinness, and I'm yeah. sure that's not exactly a, a a healthy environment to be in. But regardless, he's not in form. Uh, Liam Boyce isn't in form either. I think he's going to be released by Burton at the end of this year. So. <coughs> Paul Smith's a guy who got a got a loan move to to Accrington Stanley uh, in January. Scored five goals, three assists, or sorry, three goals, five assists. He's pretty much he's been playing there now. The only thing I would say is he, he has been playing with another striker there. He's been playing like two up front, yeah. <clears throat> and that might suit somebody like him who who, who is quick, who looks yeah, to sort of a bit of a off. second striker kind of thing with Paul Smith. <coughs> I, that's why I was saying that even if playing on the wing, <coughs> like I feel like he could do that. He can get involved with the play. He likes. I mean. I don't want to even. I don't want to say Griezmann because that's ridiculous. But Griezmann is obviously a second striker that gets involved out yeah. wide and in the middle, picks up the ball from midfielders, likes to have a bit of interchange with them. You could see Paul Smith maybe taking up a little bit of a role like that. So yeah. I, I, I'm glad he's in your team as well because I think he should actually get a, a start here. You know, I think yeah. he could really offer a lot in these games, Paul Smith. <coughs> I think he's at the stage now just where you know he has had a couple of seasons in England. He's finally sort of broken through into first team and scored some goals. So at 21, 22 years old, I think. You know, this is the time where Michael has to sort of have a look at a new option up front. Personally, I can't, I can't see the argument from McGuinness because I mean he will he will he will he will feel hard done by in terms of you know the yeah, fact scoring that he came the winner. On, he came on against Estonia, did well. Yeah. Came on against Belarus, score the winner. But I would actually I would like to have that off the bench in games like this. Yeah, no, I, did, I definitely I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, as a bit of a bench option, he can be he can have a good impact. You know, mm-hmm. so I think either way, I mean, I wouldn't be frustrated if he didn't start because I'd be looking forward to his impact from the bench. But mm-hmm. he's just someone I'd maybe look to just because of what happened in the, that obviously that last game. You know, might, might as well ride that wave and see what we can get from him because yeah. I think he, he could offer something in these games. I really do. Spot on. So we're both we're both playing Smith, then I'm playing White. You're playing McGuinness. Yes, and I'm both playing. Both playing Dallas. Sure Dallas. So yeah. pretty much agreed there. But yeah. that'll be an interesting lineup anyway. Yeah, absolutely. On Saturday to see what he does there, yeah. and hopefully there will be a bit of excitement. Like at least two of the three are like quick, uh, you know, dynamic players. I'm sure he will play. We love to see the attack. That. Yeah. yeah, he will do that. I think Michael. Yeah. Uh, I was going to talk about uh, sort of the Germany matches that they play Belarus and Estonia. We sort of touched on that. Yeah, already. They uh, th- Holland playing okay. Holland playing the Nations League. I, I don't want to spend too long on that because you know it's it, the Nations League obviously isn't relevant yeah. to our group. It doesn't yeah. even affect whether we get a playoff or anything. So, I mean, what what, what would you be sort of looking at there? Because I mean, it looks as uh, as though Holland now are the team who uh, who who we're going to have to catch if we're going to get second yeah. because Germany have obviously won that first game. Yep, in Holland. In Holland as well. So you know, you know, yeah. So that'll just be interesting to sort of have a look at that and see if there if there's any sort of weaknesses yeah. there or something we can get at. I mean, it's I gonna be really tough to. Qualify at the end of the day, they've got it? such a large pool of players to choose from. There's yeah. so much talent at the minute, even in Holland itself. You know, like I mean, that Ajax side was brilliant, and I think for for us, we, we can obviously have a look at the game, but I wouldn't read too much into it. As we know, they're going to be the team that we're looking at to lose the Germany night in Germany and see if we can do anything in our two games against Holland, but. You know, for me, I don't think reading th- you shouldn't read too much into yeah, the, the Nations League. We know Holland are a great side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're one of the top five sides in the world at the minute, maybe even top three sides. So mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it, but it's always going to be fun to watch Holland and see, you know, they're in our group. Might as well have some kind of interest. No, absolutely. But, yeah. So um, 
as you can probably hear, my throat's taken a, a massive turn for the worse during this podcast. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, we'll be able to edit out the life of a Liverpool fan. <laughs> yeah, no, hear me, it was all worth it. Yeah. Uh, just give me a prediction for these two games, Sam. What do you reckon? Okay, Estonia. I think we'll be we'll keep a clean sheet. I'll go two 0 mm-hmm. in the Estonia game, uh, and Belarus. I'll go two one. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to agree with you on Estonia. I think we'll win that 2-0. I think it'll be quite comfortable. And Belarus... Oh, I don't know. Heads tell me 1-0, you know? Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could see it maybe even a 1-0 as well. But I'll, I'll, go 1-0. I'll go 1-0. I'll go 1-0. I'll say yeah. they're not going to get us through good luck. Yeah. I'll say 1-0. Just be positive. But yeah. there always is a concern when you go Chance maybe at the draw there. there. Yeah. If there is going to be one draw, I think it's going to be a Belarus. But yeah. I, just, I still fancy us 2-1. So yeah. I, I repeated the... The first result at home, you know, I think no, I think we can go over there and get maybe even a late winner. Honestly, yeah. I'd take the limbs. I think it'd be good. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Go for it. Why not? Like. Two in a row. Yeah. Yeah, no class. We'll wrap it up there then. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed that little preview of the matches coming up. We will be back uh, straight after Belarus, won't we? Uh, preview in the two games. Yeah. Look forward to that. Maybe I'll eventually be able to do a podcast with a throat. <laughs> That'll be nice, wouldn't it? I'll be so. Um, but, yeah, so um, thank you for everyone who's, who listened today. <clears throat> Thanks to everyone who's listened so far. Uh, make sure you, you like the Facebook page and uh, follow us on Twitter so you get the updates when these new podcasts come out. Uh, if you're on iTunes, you can give us a follow. A follow, uh, subscribe. Yeah, that's a, the one. A that's subscription, the word. Yeah. Subscribe. Yeah. Your, your dad here, so it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't know the words of technology, technology yeah. and all that. Um, <laughs> uh, you follow on Spotify. I know that. Yes. So uh, follow on Spotify. <clears throat> just all those things. I mean, obviously, it does look good on us, which is why I'm saying it. But also, it also means that you can, you, you will be notified when the podcasts come out and. You know, that, you know, that'll be good because hopefully after after two good results here people will want to listen to you a bit more and who knows we might be nine points clear Holland this weekend and uh, then it's all to play for and I don't want to give any more context than yeah that I, know, I know let's not jinx it but if we're honestly it could be it could be nine points and that yeah. would be that would be pretty interesting Psychologic, to see psychologically, psychologically that's yeah. a big gap I know yes. it's Holland but you never know that yeah, makes it all they'll the have the games in hand but we'll have the points on the board hopefully. we'll have the points and that's all that matters yeah. so thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again next time bye bye